Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 117. It is Monday, May 4th, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and may the 4th be with you. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Happy Star Wars Day, everyone. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, share, comment, review, would be awesome. Thank you. May the fourth be with you. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, please go to Facebook and in the search type in Get HIPAA Compliance and join that group. You will learn how to use the force to prevent a HIPAA breach. Um, also, just a, a little note, I have passed day 50. This is now day 52 for um, self-isolation, I guess we'll call it. So interesting times. It looks like some of the rules will be lifted soon, but we'll see. All right, we got a couple of updates for you reported by CISA. Unpatched Oracle WebLogic servers vulnerable to CVE 2020-2883. Oracle has released a blog post warning users blog post warning users that a previously disclosed Oracle WebLogic server remote code execution vulnerability is being exploited in the wild. Oracle disclosed the vulnerability and provided software patches in their April 2020 critical patch update. So it's not really a new update, it's a warning. However, malicious cyber actors are now known to be targeting unpatched service servers. So if you're using Oracle WebLogic, make sure you are on the, the most recent update. And then SaltStack has released a security update to address critical vulnerabilities affecting Salt versions prior to 2019.2.4 and 2000.2. Salt is an open source remote task and configuration management framework widely used in data centers and cloud servers. A remote attacker could exploit these vulnerabilities to take control of an affected system. So those of you running data centers and cloud servers, which sometimes are in data centers, um, make sure you Take care of that immediately. All right, first up in the news, bleeping computer hackers breach company's MDM server to spread Android malware. If you don't know, MDM is mobile device management. It's used uh, sort of the same way we manage computers and servers. You manage mobile devices, attackers, infecting more than 75% of a multinational conglomerate managed Android devices with the Cerberus banking children using the company's compromised mobile device manager server. MDM, also known as Enterprise Mobility Management, is a mechanism used by companies of all sizes to enroll enterprise-owned devices with the same management server to make it easier to perform tasks such as delivering company-wide device configurations, deploying applications, and more. The Cerberus Banking Trojan was first spotted in June 2019, and it uses a malware as a service business model, allowing clients who rent their services to drop their payloads as well as configure and control devices compromised during the attacks. Once deployed into an Android device, servers can be used by the attackers to steal a wide range of highly sensitive information, including but not limited to call logs, text messages, credentials, Google Authenticator 2FA codes, phone unlocking patterns, as well as to collect info on installed apps and log keystrokes. So it can do quite a bit here. Um, interesting, you know, that it, it's it can see your unlock pattern and, and get your, grab your 2FA code, so it makes it very dangerous. After the attackers successfully compromised the unnamed company's MDM server following a targeted attack, they used it to remotely deploy 
de- deploy the banking Trojan malware on over 75% of all managed Android devices as checkpoint security researchers discovered. So it doesn't say who this was, but they have Android devices in their environment and 75% of them have been compromised. So we don't know what the number is, but um, it could be pretty significant because we don't know what data they're, they're going to be able to access from that. Potentially a data breach. All right, on Forbes, we have an, a report over the weekend. Trump declares national emergency as foreign hackers threaten U.S. power grids. So we've known for a while that there is a threat against power grids across the world, U.S. being, of course, a, a prime target. Um, but apparently there's a reason for Trump to now sign an executive order declaring foreign cybersecurity threats to the U.S. electricity system a national emergency because we don't have enough going on. President Trump signed an executive order May 1st to further secure the U.S. bulk power system from a foreign adversaries that he wrote are increasingly creating and exploiting vulnerabilities. The executive order declaring a national emergency over the hacking threat bans the acquisition, importation, transfer, or installation of bulk power system electricity equipment from companies under foreign adversary control. The executive order also confirmed that a task force had been established with members including the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of Homeland Security, and the Director of National Intelligence to work to protect against national security threats to energy infrastructure. What this order did not do is go as far as naming any specific foreign adversaries nor the companies they may control. However, President Trump did state that the acquisition or use of bulk power system electricity equipment designed, developed, manufactured, or supplies subject to the jurisdiction of these unnamed foreign adversaries adds to their ability to create and exploit vulnerabilities with potentially catastrophic effects. Acknowledging that an open investment climate needs to be maintained for the growth of the economy, President Trump wrote that this openness has to be balanced with the requirement to protect against a critical national security threat. Um, so it sounds like there's a concern that maybe equipment made in other parts of the world could be accessible by those other parts of the world. The then Director of National Intelligence, Daniel R. Coates, published a worldwide threat assessment in January 2019 that warned of cyber attack capabilities of both China and Russia when it came to the U.S. electricity grid. That report stated that Russia has the ability to execute cyber attacks in the United States that generate localized temporary disruptive effects on critical infrastructure. The FBI and the Department of Homeland Security released an alert in 2018 warning of Russian government actions targeting, among others, the energy infrastructure sector in the U.S. U.S. Secretary of Energy Dan Brule, who will lead the newly established task force, said it is imperative imperative the bulk power system be secured against exploitation and attacks by foreign threats. This executive order will greatly diminish the ability of foreign adversaries to to target our critical electric infrastructure. The Department of Energy established the Office of Cybersecurity, Energy Security, and Emergency Response in February 2018 to approve energy infrastructure security, including preparedness and response against cyber attacks. So there you have it. We we, um, have a national emergency. We already had at least one. Now we have another one for the electrical grid. Threat post Microsoft Teams impersonation attacks flood inboxes. Two separate attacks have targeted as many as 50,000 different Teams users with a goal of phishing Office 365 logins. A convincing cyber attack that impersonates notifications from Microsoft Teams in order to steal the Office 365 credentials of employees is making the rounds, according to researchers, two separate attacks have targeted as many as 50,000 different Teams users, according to the findings from Abnormal Security. 
The news comes as the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, that we just reported a few things from, issued a warning about Office 365 remote work deployments, and I think we talked about that last week. CISA continues to see instances where entities are not implementing best practices in regard to the Office 365 implementation, resulting in increased vulnerability to adversarial attacks, the agency said. In one Employees receive an email that contains a link to a document on a domain used by an established email marketing provider to host static material used by the campaigns. If recipients click the link, they'll be presented with a button asking them to log into Microsoft Teams. If that button is clicked, they're taken to a malicious page which impersonates the Microsoft Office login page in order to steal their credentials. That's why you turn on multi-factor authentication. Um, and then the second attack, the email link points to a YouTube page from which users are redirected twice to finally end on another Microsoft login phishing site. These attackers crafted convincing emails that impersonate automated notification emails from Microsoft Teams according to the analysis. The landing pages that host both attacks look identical to the real web pages and the imagery used is copied from actual notifications and emails from the provider. So there you have it. If you are getting emails like that, about Microsoft Teams, don't log in, do not click on the links, you can just delete them. Um, also on ThreatPost, TrickBot attack exploits COVID-19 fears with DocuSign-themed employees. So now we have a DocuSign-themed um, attack where TrickBot is being used, TrickBot being a banking trojan that steals credentials and then uses them for further ex exfiltration. Threat actors are using people's interest in the Department of Labor's Family and Medical Leave Act to spread what appears to be a trickbot children in a new spam campaign that security researchers discovered recently. Recent analysis from spam honeypots set by IBM X-Force discovered actors targeting email recipients with fake messages that claim to be from the department to inform people of changes to the FMLA which gives employees the right to family leave medical benefits according to a post by IBM security ana analyst Ashkan Via. Instead, the emails include malicious attachments aimed at installing what researchers believe is the TrickBot malware, they said. TrickBot is a well-known and sophisticated banking charge first developed in 2016 as banking malware that has a history of transforming itself and adding new features to evade detection. Um, all right, so now we have TrickBot being used in... Um, fake FMLA documents and um, people are clicking on it and getting TrickBot installed and having their credentials stolen. So if you are dealing with FMLA, just don't click on the links, go directly to the website or call someone. Um, on the Hacker News, we have a report that says targeted phishing attacks successfully hacked top executives at 150 plus companies. In the last few months, multiple groups of attackers successfully compromised corporate email accounts of at least 156 high-ranking officers at various firms based in Germany, the UK, Netherlands, Hong Kong, and Singapore. Dubbed Persuasion, and spelled P-E-R-S-W-A-S-I-O-N, the newly spotted cyber attack campaign leveraged Microsoft file sharing services, including Sway, SharePoint, and OneNote to launch highly targeted phishing attacks, according to a report group IB threat intelligence team published today and shared with the Hacker News Persuasion Operations attacked executives at more than 150 companies around the world, primarily with businesses in finance, law, and real estate sectors. 
Among these high-ranking office victims, more than 20 Office 365 accounts of executives, presidents, and managing directors appeared. So far successful and still ongoing, most persuasion operations were orchestrated by scammers from Nigeria and South Africa who used a Vue.js JavaScript framework-based phishing kit evidently developed by and rented from Vietnamese-speaking hackers. By late September 2019, Persuasion Campaign has adopted much mature technology stacks using Google AppSpot for phishing web application servers and Cloudflare, Cloudflare for data backend servers. Like most phishing attacks aimed to steal Microsoft Office 365 credentials, fraudulent emails sent as part of Persuasion operation also lured victims with a non-malicious PDF attachment containing read now link to file hosted in with Microsoft's web. Um, the actors, the attackers, sorry, pick legitimate cloud-based corporate or content sharing services such as Microsoft Sway, Microsoft SharePoint, and OneNote to avoid traffic detection, the, the researcher said. Next, the specifically crafted presentation page on Microsoft Sway service further contains another read now link that redirects users to an actual phishing site waiting for the victims to enter their email account credentials or other confidential information. So we have a spear phishing attack going on using Microsoft Sway and um, so far 156 companies have been targeted and, and successfully hacked it looks like and finally um, no HIPAA breaches to report but we do have this um, little bit of news here from Cyware protecting patients data a major concern during the COVID-19 pandemic the healthcare sector has always been a lucrative target for cyber criminals as it possesses a vast trove of patients data Unfortunately, the current COVID-19 outbreak has become one of the major reasons for medical treatment facilities to protect their patients' health data as the number of coronavirus-infected patients increase. According to the HHS breach database, about 143 breaches have been reported so far in 2020, affecting the PHI of an estimated 3.3 million individuals. Some of the major data breaches from the first quarter of the year include a phishing attack at Beaumont Health that, that affected the medical records of 112,211 patients, an email security breach at Arizona Endocrinology Center that resulted in a compromise of 74,122 health records. An email hacking incident at Ambry Genetics Corporation that exposed medical information of nearly 232,772 individuals. Unauthorized email access at Munson Healthcare that affected medical and personal records of 75,202 patients. And a data security hack at Solo Labs, Inc. that affected that affected. 60,000 individuals. That last one I don't recall seeing. So um, the one threat that doesn't go away with the healthcare industry under time constraints and pressure due to the ongoing pandemic, hackers are counting on their organizations to pay ransoms to recover their critical systems, storing patients' data, and to prevent disruption to patient care. Below mentioned are some prominent ransomware attacks that targeted healthcare and related firms amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Maze actors stole and encrypted medical data of thousands of patients belonging to Hammersmith Medicines Research Ltd., UK-based drug testing company, and then published the data after failed ransom payment negotiations. Now, that one, the actual ransomware attack occurred before Maze said, we're not going to attack any healthcare facilities during the pandemic. But then they turned around and posted the data after Hammersmith refused to pay the ransom and they posted this data after they said they wouldn't do it bitcoin ransomware ryuk targeted 10 healthcare organizations over the past three months despite most of them being daily flooded with fresh covid 19 cases colorado 
based Parkview Medical Center's technology infrastructure was forced to shut down its IT systems after it was hit by a ransomware on April 21st. A potential ransomware attack at Brandywine Urology consultants resulted in a compromise of PHI of about 131,825 patients. The attack had occurred on January 27th. In addition to ransomware attacks, Palo Alto Unit 42 researchers had reported attacks that used COVID-19-themed threats to target healthcare organizations and Canadian Medical Research University. At the time, at a time when healthcare firms are struggling to handle patients suffering from COVID-19, criminal groups are seeking to exploit the crisis to hit the sector. The ramification of such attacks, especially during an outbreak, could be devastating for patients seeking immediate treatments. An attack on a healthcare provider can lock computers that typically contain electronic medical records. This means that doctors and nurses cannot access information about the patient's medical history, the dosages of drugs that patients require, and other critical information. And it does slow down care. Um, I know that a lot of healthcare providers will say, no, our health, our care has, has remained the same, but it does slow it down. The U.S. Defense Department, along with several regulators, has stressed protecting the PHI of patients amidst the coronavirus pandemic. They have released a list of guidelines for healthcare organizations to secure their critical assets that process data. Some of the best practices include incorporating multi-factor authentication and strong passwords across critical assets like email, timely identification and mitigation of network vulnerabilities, encrypting PHI, and limiting access to patients' health records. So we've been talking a lot about these on the weekly podcast um, encrypting PHI, the laptop stolen, not encrypted, uh, limiting access to patients. We talked about access privileges last week. Um, multi-factor authentication, we've talked about that a lot, a lot, because almost 40% of all of the HIPAA breaches are phishing attacks on email, which means more than likely they did not have multi-factor authentication set up. So, Something to think about for your healthcare providers out there. And this is the main, these are the big hits, right? So there's probably a lot of smaller hits on smaller healthcare providers. And then the, the kind of outliers, the dental practices and chiropractors and stuff, they're, they're, they're closed or operating very minimally. So you're not going to see a lot of that right now. But when they, they come back, you probably will see an increase, a significant increase. So that is going to do it for the, cyber, the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.